the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Spreading the court. Ten seconds remaining. They just got to throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's the truth for the win. God, oh! they did it. A miracle. Hutchins. Double water. Hit that one from the parking lot. What's up, Degeneration? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. This is the conference tournament betting preview part four. I'm Stucky and joining me for this episode, my main man, Matty Cox, our leadoff hitter on Big Bets on Campus live. Today, we are going to cover the Pac-12, the MAC, and the MAC. So get your acronyms right, Matty. What's going on, brother? Stuck. I'm great. Let's uh, MAAC to start us off. An Love homage it. to Mr. Mr. Rick Pitino and the uh, the boys of there and uh, and uh, Nero Shell. Let's start there. Yeah, he wasn't too happy in his uh, in his interview post game interview. They survived Ryder yesterday, and if you one of the interesting things about the Mac and Ion is clearly the favorite here. We pull up the the most recent. Odds that I can find. Iona is at minus 200. Quinnipiac is plus 400. Ryder plus 800. Sienna 10 to 1. And then you're down into some longer shots. Niagara 40 to 1. Fairfield 40 to 1. Kenesha 50 to 1. Mount St. Mary's 100 to 1. Marist 100 to 1. Manhattan and St. Peter's as well. This tournament will be played Tuesday to Saturday, Tuesday through Saturday in Atlantic City. The top five seeds, Iona Siena, Niagara Ryder, and Quinnipiac, get a bye into the quarterfinals on Wednesday. And Siena and Niagara will have to play Thursday. Iona gets to play the winner of Mount St. Mary's Canisius on Wednesday. So they'll get an extra day before the semifinals. I think the most interesting part, I think Iona is clearly the favorite for a reason, and they're the best team. I think since February 1st on Torvik, they're like the 27th ranked team. Yep. And they haven't been using a bench lately, so that that day in between the quarterfinals and semifinals could be important. But if you look at their potential path, Siena and Niagara have been on – I mean, they've just been plummeting. They've been on losing yep. streaks. They've looked poor. That's the 4-5 game and the potential opponent for Iona in the semifinals. If they get by the winner of Mount St. Mary's Canisius, which is the 8-9 game, and – I think a lot of teams in this bracket have to be happy that those two teams are playing each other because those are two of the hotter teams in the entire bracket. So is this just an Iona coronation? They have Ryder looming in the bottom half. They couldn't face them until the championship. Ryder beat them once this year, just played them twice again. They beat them last year in the MAC tournament. So Ryder has a lot of confidence playing Iona. Can they get through to the championship and will Iona survive? What do you see here? from an overall Mac perspective uh, from the futures. Yeah. I mean, it's a double-edged sort of a conference to bet on, right? There's just so much volatility, unpredictability. You mentioned that left side of the bracket is kind of loaded, just given it has Iona and it has Sienna and uh, well, I'm sorry. It's, it's just Iona's, you know, lopsided part of the bracket, but the team I like actually is Mount St. Mary's um, you know, hundred to one. I know they have to go through Iona to even get to the semis, but they've just been a, different teams since they've gotten healthy. Uh, they had DeAndre Thomas. Um, he just returned recently. They had Jalen Benjamin, their best player, who was out for a good chunk of the year. 
And uh, I think Engelstad's a really good coach. I think that's a team that could, you know, potentially, if you're looking to make a portfolio here, I think you would take Mount St. Mary's in conjunction with Iona um, from the left side. And then on the right side, I'm kind of in on Ryder. I mean, the fact that they played Iona twice now, hyper competitively the last year, dating back to the, uh, the Mac um, semi, the, the way that talent's finally playing up to its level, they actually have some resistance up front now. I think Ryder at eight to one is maybe my second favorite bet here besides Mount St. Mary's as a Hill Mary. Do you like Iona at two to one? I feel like that sounds, I'm sorry, you're laying, uh, you know, minus 200. That feels like a little bit too, too steep of a price to pay, even though they are on kind of a cushy side of the bracket. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're right in that the, the winner of the eight, nine, it's not a great draw for Iona because of how well both Canisius and Mount are playing. And I mean, if you look at Mount when they played Iona, they lost by, but they lost by 12 at home and they lost by 30 on the yeah, road. It's not a great yeah. matchup because they turn it over, which isn't great against Iona, who wants to obviously pressure you under Patino. Canisius uh, does a much better job of taking care of the ball. Canisius, um, for what it's worth, lost by one at Mount and lost by four in a semi-home game. So... Uh, that's going to be a really good game. But yeah, I don't think there's much value in Iona. The, the really interesting part, you know, because if they could just get by that eight, nine, I think they ultimately will. But you're, you know, if you like Mount or you really like Canisius right now, it could be worth a flyer because yeah. that four or five, like you look since February 1st on Torvik, Iona, as I mentioned, is number 27 nationally. The Canisius and Mount, which is the eight, nine game, are 197 and 215 respectively. Niagara and Siena, 289 and 283. Yeah, Siena's class makes no sense to me. It really doesn't because they've actually gotten a little healthier down the stretch here. It's all, I wonder if they've been kind of mailing it in before the conference. So maybe we actually see the the Saints play to the level we saw them early in the year. But I'm with you. Maybe the form is just too, you know, the knife's falling too hard that, that, that this is really what they are at this point in the year. I guess to your point, if you like Iona in this, I would pair it with a Mount St. Mary's flyer. Uh, just to give yourself that upside as a hedge. I'm not as in on the Canisius surge, but I do think that Mount St. Mary's um, price is a little bit, uh, it's just a little bit, you know, it's astronomically high for a team that actually has real upside in, in a tournament that who the heck knows can happen as we saw last year, as we've seen many times before. Um, you know, I think that's actually a pretty good look. Yeah, the, you're right. Siena doesn't make any sense. Now they do turn it over a lot. They beat Iona earlier this year at home by 17. Yep. And that kind of marked like the peak of, Sienna, and then later in the year on the road, they lost by 33. And to close out the year, they lost five in a row. They lost to Quinnipiac, Ryder, Iona, Manhattan, and St. Peter's. Now, to be fair, they lost to Quinnipiac by three, Ryder by three, got blown up by Iona, lost by one to Manhattan, and then lost in overtime to St. Peter's by one. So they've been close, and the yeah. talent is there. But, yeah, the, the form isn't uh, – I ultimately think – Iona, if Iona gets out of this, but I don't see any value at minus 200 just because yeah. of how well Canisius and Mount St. Mary's are playing right now. So it's not a, as big of a cupcake as you would normally see in the Mac, you know, the two hottest teams in the eight, nine. And then, you know, your four you know, Sienna still has a lot of potential and already beat Iona. And then they got to, if they get through that, you might have to go against Ryder who, you know, three straight times, they've won two of the last three meetings and the other one was a two point game to close out the season. Anything to add on the bottom half? Now, it's, it's worth noting that Ryder has the two seed. They'll play on Wednesday, the winner of Fairfield-St. Peter's. 
and then they get a day off. Whereas the three seed Quinnipiac plays on Thursday against the winner of Manhattan and Marist. So in order for Quinnipiac to win, tournament, they'd have to win three games in three days. The same with Siena and Niagara. I like that. I like that in this format that the one and two seed get an extra day yeah. off Huge. before the semis. Now Quinnipiac did sweep Ryder during the regular season, and they do have a deep bench. So maybe that won't hurt them as much. Uh, any thoughts on Quinnipiac or any any first-round matchup or potential matchup down the line that better should be potentially looking out for? I think in general, the Ryder-Quinnipiac potential semi-matchup is a live betters paradise, just for harkening back to what happened in the regular season. Um, Quinnipiac games are just known for crazy swings. They don't protect the ball that well. They can be... Uh, very erratic, but their offense can get red hot too. Um, and Ryder kind of has that volatile nature as well. I, I'll be looking to live bet that game um, in the form of betting whoever gets down early if those two teams do square off. Um, but yeah, I, I, man, Ryder, you're right with that day off advantage. That's usually a pretty big edge. You get the one day versus the back-to-back against Quinnipiac. I think Ryder actually has a pretty you know, safe-ish path here to the title game. Um, and I think they're real. Like I, I really do. I, I think that's a real team. Even an 8-1, to one, that's probably... It's my favorite bet on the right side of the bracket. I think I'm probably going to look to back Ryder, though, just against the spread against Fairfield St. Peter's, whoever comes out of that one, and then roll it over again against Quinnipiac. Probably a little better value than taking the uh, the 8-1 to one at the at the, uh, the future price. Yeah, the only thing I would mention with Ryder, now I, they're comfortable in the half court, which I like in a tournament setting. They, you know, could take care of the ball enough. They're great on the offensive glass. So even if they have an off shooting night, they don't really shoot threes, but they do give up a ton of threes. So there's some high variance in that aspect. But yeah, I I agree with you. I think we're going to see, we're ultimately going to see a chalky Mac and an, I'm projecting Ryder Iona rematch in the final. Yep, and I don't agree. mind, I don't mind the mount uh, long shot and pairing that with Iona. All right, good stuff there. Yeah, Quinnipiac is known, by the way, for just this year, they've blown a number of leads. Like, uh, if they're up in the in the second half, and yeah, you're right. They're, they are a – they play fast. They're very good, and they cannot shoot free throws. Like, so it's um, – they're a, uh, a team that can really let teams back in the game quickly. All right, let's move on to the Pac-12. Let's head out west. Pac-12 tournament will take place between Wednesday and Saturday in Paradise, Nevada, T-Mobile Arena. UCLA is your one seed. You're looking at right around even odds, plus 110, I think I'm seeing out there. Arizona is the two seed, right around plus 210. USC comes in next as a three seed, eight to one. And then, you know, I find this next group pretty interesting if you want to maybe target, like, for example, if you look at Torvik, he makes UCLA, if you simulate it, plus 115, Arizona, plus 250, USC, 10, 11 to 1. I don't see any value in the top three teams. Nope. So then it comes down to, okay, can Oregon has been super inconsistent, but they have a lot of talent. You know, you have Altman as a coach. They're sitting at 12 to 1. I don't, I, you know, if you do a money line rollover, it looks like you'll be right around there for what it's worth. From based on my power rankings, can they put it together though? Like I, they've just been so inconsistent all year. Arizona State, we've seen them compete with the top teams in the conference. They beat Arizona. They're fifteen to one. 
For what it's worth, Torvik has them at 40 to one. I think if you do a money line rollover based on my power is you'd be at like 35 to one. So based on their path, yeah. I don't see any value there. They'd have to play Oregon State, then USC, then Arizona, you know, Washington State, close to a coin flip game, then UCLA, then Arizona if the chalk holds. Yeah. Arizona State, Oregon State, probably be, you know, close to a 10-point favorite, then USC, then Arizona, then UCLA. I mean, if the chalk holds, that's a gauntlet for Arizona State sitting at 15 to one. Then you have Washington State 20 to one. This is a team that I had circled coming into yep. the tournament for pre-odds. Um, you know, their path would be Cal, Oregon, and then potentially UCLA and Arizona. You know, my, based on my odds, it'd be like 20 to 25 to one if you do a money line rollover. This is a team that, like, I, I they have a ton of talent. They lost a ton of close games. And then you have Utah, like Colorado lost their point guard for the for the season. Right. Simpson, he's out for the year, which is worth noting. And then Utah, who Colorado just beat, just got healthier, right? So Worcester come back at point. And then Madsen came back, which is on paper. Enormous, yeah. Enormous. They Before he got hurt, per Torvik, they were 28th overall in the country the day before he went out. Since then... 137th right so that's more than a hundred point drop or 100 team drop i should say but can they get him assimilated into the offense can they you know build enough connectivity in that lineup their potential path would be stanford which is not a gimme then arizona then usc then ucla at the chalk holds and they're sitting at 25 to 1 torvik has them at 50 to 1 i you know money line rollover i project a 40 to 1 ish um so, and then, you know, Colorado just lost their point guard of 40 to one. And then you're down into Washington, Stanford, 100 to one. Then the dregs of Oregon State, Stanford, and Cal have no chance. So, how do you see this playing out in that kind of mid group? Is there anything, yeah. any team worth taking a flyer on? That's, I think the values you talked to the last two teams, Washington State and Utah. Um, I like how you broke down the money line versus the futures price. I think Utah is the better play to go money line rollover. But if you're going to play a pre-flop future, I think Washington State's your best bet. I think they're rolling right now. Um, had a ton of injuries. You mentioned how they're, you know, haven't been great in close games. They actually had two-year trend with Kyle Smith, who I, you know, perceive as a really good coach. I just think they've just gotten actually unlucky. Um, not that they've just been poor in late game execution. I think the difference between Utah and Wash State is right. That first met that, you know, Cal's a layup, right? But at Stanford, you could see as being that weird, annoying, talented, dark horse team that makes a run that could trip up Utah and, you know, clip your legs there early if you bet them uh, on the future. So, again, I think Utah and Washington State are the best value. Utah, Moneyline, rollover. Washington State, pre-flop future with the layup round one against Cal, a team they match up well with in Oregon, who I think people are misperceiving as a, as a dark horse just because they have the Oregon name across the chest. I, this version of Oregon, I just don't really buy into making a deep run. Um, I know Oregon run, made that run. Was it 2019? They beat Washington, the one seed. Um, yeah, so last 2019, Oregon won it as a six seed. 2021, Oregon State won it as a five seed. Is that right? And then uh, last year was Arizona UCLA, Arizona prevailing. So there's a precedent for teams out of this first round Wednesday slot um, making it all the way through. Washington State, like I said, Cal, then Oregon. They've already taken UCLA to the wire, lost by one at home. And they've already beat Arizona handily on the road. I just think they match up well with the best of the best in this conference. The theme in this entire league all general has been interior front lines rule the day. It's been an awesome under league all year. Uh, so just in general, I was thinking like if you want to try and maybe take a macro total at, at lens to betting this, 
Um, you know, it could be a, you know, the continuation of the regular season unders that we saw so profitable. But from a futures perspective, Washington State's my horse. I like the Utah look, but again, I would go money line roll over round by round with them. Yeah, and I, you know, you mentioned Stanford, which is obviously a much tougher first round matchup than you know. I mean, look, looking at the odds here, what Utah is, yeah, Utah and Washington State are around the same price point, and you know, Stan. Utah would have to go through Stanford and Arizona to get to the semis, whereas Washington State would have to go through Cal and Oregon. That is a much easier yep. path. Yep. And Utah, I would have, I would have preferred if, you know, they got Madsen back maybe a couple more games ago, right? Instead of just one game ago, it obviously didn't have that. You know, you don't you expect it to take a couple games. You saw that with Justin Moore and Villanova, so. That you know, it might be tough for them to kind of put it all together and find their form from when they were healthy earlier in the calendar year. So yeah, I agree. It's all it's all about Washington State here. Shop around. Um, it, not every book has odds out right now, so I'm going to shop around for Washington State. I would love to get like a 25 or 30 to one, especially. But I saw a 20 to one out there earlier. But yeah, this is the team that can put it all together. They're very comfortable. Like they're they're, they're very comfortable in the half court. Right. And sometimes these conference tournament games come down to more of a half court style, which might hurt Arizona, which loves to live in transition. They also shoot a ton of threes and can make a ton of threes, which is what you like from a dark horse with that three point variance. If they get hot, right, they can beat any team in this league. So, yeah, I think it's uh, Washington State. We're on the same page here. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. As a reminder, before we go any further, college basketball season is in full swing. So get in on the action with the king of sports books. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and receive first bet insurance up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. All right, we started with the MAC. Let's finish things out with the MAC, single A. Looking at these odds, updated odds. Let's see. This will. Uh, should, I should introduce the conference. So, MAC tournament takes place in Cleveland, Ohio. The top eight teams make it. Kent State is your favorite at plus one fifty. Bed Toledo, which became the first team in MAC history, I believe, to win the regular season championship outright three years in a row. Akron at plus five hundred. 
And you have Ohio 11 to one ball state, 14 to one Buffalo, 25 to one. And then, you know, your Northern Illinois and Miami, much longer shots. Don't think they really have much of a chance, but maybe you disagree and are looking for a long shot here. I just hope, you know, we really should get Kent state Akron part three in the semis. If Kent state takes care of NIU and Akron takes care of Buffalo, which they both should. And that is a, very contentious rivalry. Those teams hate each other. They've had some yep. really fun, close battles over the past two years. You were last regular season, you know, Kent State winning and talking shit to the Akron fans. Then the <laughs> videos, the suspensions in the MAC tournament, and Akron just rolled them. Then they split this year with Akron recently losing in overtime at Kent State, although that game should have never went to overtime. It was a really bad call, but Kent State prevailed in overtime. So that should be your semi. And if you look, you know, and then you're saying, all right, well, Kent's plus 150, Akron's plus 500. And that game probably will be, I mean, Kent State was minus four at home. Akron was minus one, minus two at home. This game's going to be close to a pick. So the, right. the dichotomy in those odds is very interesting. Then on the top, you have Toledo, who is not the favorite. Even though, you know, Kent State's the favorite, even though they'll probably have to go through Akron. Toledo will have to face Miami, Ohio to start in the 1 8 matchup, then face the winner of Ball State in Ohio. There are questions about, I mean, Ball State has a lot of talent. Are they going to be fully healthy? They've dealt with yeah, some injuries, injuries. down yep. the stretch. Yep. So let's start in the bottom half. Do you agree it's Kent State, Akron in the semis? Do you think either one of those teams is vulnerable to an upset in the first round? No, I, the matchups worked out well for both teams. I mean, Akron and Jordan Majeski's talked about this, how Akron is just a nightmare matchup for Buffalo, right? They The way they grind it to a half court, Buffalo is lost in the half court. They uh, only can score in transition. That's just like the theme and, with Buffalo. Yeah, and Gross is awesome at – Gross is awesome in this tournament. I think historically he's been one of the better coaches. Um, obviously, his notable Ohio run before he did the boomerang back to the to the MAC at, at Akron. And again, that match with Buffalo, I think they move on easily – I think Kent State picks off a brittle NIU team who I love down the stretch. They had a bunch of fun shot makers. I think people realize how how good they were against the number for a few weeks there. But Kent State, I think, moves on. You're right. I think value-wise, I'm looking at Akron here because why is the dichotomy between those two um, so far apart? I would lean Akron if you're looking to take someone out of the bottom half. And it's probably the best bet on the board from just a pure futures perspective because Toledo, while their odds are appetizing given the fact that they both they avoid both Kent State and Akron, and they're also going to probably line up with a brittle, you know, injured Ball State team in the second round. They've just been so bad in this format. And you can argue that's circumstantial. I think there is some real signal to the fact that they're built to play, you know, they're built to beat bad teams very well. They don't necessarily rise in competition consistently. I know they have this season. Obviously, the UAB game to start off the year gets people's attention. Um, you know, they've beaten Kent State this year. Um, but in this format, Last uh, six years, Toledo is two and ten against the number, not covering by an average of six points a game. Um, they've famously flamed out early on. Uh, last year, they had the disastrous shooting, uh, you know, free throw shooting fertility that really doomed them. I don't know. I kind of think there's something to that. It, honestly, where I'm looking is Kent State or Ohio. Actually, at eleven to one, um, Jeff Bowles, great coach. I think they're just kind of slept on. Um, they've been covering by an average of two points a game the last seven years or six years in this format. Uh, again, catching Ball State first round. So I look at Ohio 11, 12 to 1, whatever you can find, and then Akron at 5 to 1. Yeah, I mean, 
you mentioned, I mean, at, Buffalo wants to play as fast as possible. They're, I think they're top 15 in adjusted tempo. Akron wants to grind the game to a complete halt. And I think they're outside the top 300 adjusted tempo. They control the tempo. They keep Buffalo out of transition. And to wit, they won both regular season games, I think, by 20. Whereas Kent State, I think they only played Northern Illinois once and they lost. It was on the road. They lost by 10. And, you know, they they, they, they should be a double-digit favorite here. But... Akron, I think they both have good matchups, but I think Akron has a, a better matchup in the first round. Better relative matchup, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, sure. and you're getting them plus five hundred. So, uh, and if if it is Akron and Kent State, which I expect it to be again, I expect that game once again to be a war. Like, yep. so yep. having five to one in your pocket in a game that, yeah, I mean, could be Akron could have swept them in their last three games, including yep. a meeting in the conference tournament. So, I think that's where the value is for this tournament. I think that they, they should be shorter. Um, anything from a matchup perspective in the first round, are we watching ball state injuries or down the line that you have targeted for the Mac? Yeah. Ball state injuries are huge. Uh, Jerron Coleman, but then also Peyton Sparks, their big has not been fully healthy. And I've gotten some bench guys to step up, um, you know, but it's just still a team I like a lot, but i like the fully healthy version. Um, especially with that tough matchup against Ohio, a team I still think is a little bit undervalued. People are kind of sleeping on them. And NIU, I think, could be a real dark horse. People continue to disrespect what they did down the stretch there, even with the injuries they had. Uh, they brought in some kind of unknown JUCO studs, uh, David Coit, Zarek Nutter. Um, and it's one of those, you know, Ewing theory candidates, right? Better uh, addition by subtraction. They lose Keyshawn Williams, people thought was their best player, and they've just been better without him. Point, you know. But I think first round, you got to check injuries for NIU and make sure they're fully healthy. Uh, looks like they were last game, so you're probably safe there. Uh, and then Ball State as well, um, huge. If, uh, if Coleman's out, kind of strips him of their senior, you know, point guard, floor general, um, which you're going to need, obviously, in this format. Yeah, if you want to shop around for Ball and then you can get word or know that they're going to be fully healthy, I mean, presumably this is a team that wasn't going to get an at-large, so they're, you know, I was surprised they actually played Sparks down I agree, the, last game. Down the stretch. Yep. But they, you know, they played Toledo without Coleman. They lost by six. They played Akron on the road before that without Coleman. They lost by four. Earlier in the season, this is a team that beat Akron at home by seven. They won on the road at Toledo. So if they're fully healthy, they're definitely intriguing at 14 to one. Yeah. Just from a, a talent perspective, they would, you know, they play – Ohio in the first round. I think they only met once. Ohio won at home, but a fully healthy ball state I would like over uh, Ohio, although that spread probably will be around around a coin flip. That's a pick. Yeah, it's a play. Yep, yep. Yep. All right, good stuff there. To summarize, the map, I think it's going to be chalky, but I don't see any value in Iona. If you want to take a flyer, Maddie likes the mount and pairing them with Iona. Very unique bracket in that the four versus five teams are been plummeting while the eight, nine, which is Iona's first round, the winner of that will play on in the first round are the ones that are surging at the end of the year. Uh, I think it'll end up being chalky. I don't really like anything there. The Pac-12, we're on the same page. Utah, if you want to, you know, if you see that they're healthy, you could even start a money line rollover in the second game um, to see what, you know, what happens in the yeah. first game. Utah game by game for sure. Yep. Yep. And then, but I think Washington state 
is the futures bet to make pre-turning. And then in the Mac, I don't think that Akron is getting enough respect here against, uh, you know, whereas Kent State and Toledo, I think they're right. They're right there. There's not that much of a difference between these teams and they have a really, really favorable first round matchup. So I think Akron from a price perspective would be the look there. And then, you know, Ball State, if they're healthy, might have some value throughout the tournament, but tough to gauge as of this moment. And yeah, you mentioned Toledo's struggles in this format. All right, good stuff, Maddie. That'll cover three. We will have, I'll have four more coming up with Kai. Check out that episode, part five. And then four more with Jim. We'll be recording that tonight. That's part six. And then we'll be doing four more in the morning. Colin will be doing the SEC. I'll talk a little Ivy. We will have BJ talking the Big Ten. And Mike Calabrese talking his beloved A-10, which if you can figure out the A-10, God, uh, good luck capping that conference. Uh, Maddie, thanks for joining me. Is there any other final notes that or final comments on anything you could talk about anything we just talked about, or is there another conference that you're like, I got to get this out for a future. No, I'm in on the Cougs go Wazoo. Um, Kyle Smith and data rate. It's, it's, it's been a long time coming. I think they're going to knock on the door of potential uh, of, of a postseason run. Hey, if they don't, they will be a great bet in the NIT or the CIT or NIT, whatever they end up qualifying for as they were last year. So that you have that as your back pocket, if they don't actually uh, make this deep run in the Pac-12 tourney. All right. Yeah, that's the key takeaway of the episode. We are all Cougs. Get your Washington State future in. I will have one. And uh, let's get it done. Thanks for joining me. Thanks to our audio and video teams on the back end. And of course, thanks to all of you for listening. Stay tuned for a ton more conference tournament preview content. In the next couple hours, if you're listening to this early, we will have a live show also on Tuesday with myself and the men from Three Man Weave, a Tuesday morning, I think, 10.30 a.m. Eastern. Keep an eye out on Twitter. Big Bets on Campus Live will be previewing the conference tournaments then, and then we will have just an abundance of more content starting Selection Sunday throughout the tournament. It's March. Enjoy the madness. I can't wait. Let's cash some winners. Go Cougs. Make sure, by the way, you subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe. Tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell a friend. You know the drill. We'll catch you all later. Cheers. Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.